Hi, this is Britton LaRue, and you're listening to Moon to Moon, which is a podcast that I am starting right now. I'm really excited to get into this. I've been making recordings for people for two years now, and I haven't been ready to start a podcast in my own head, (laughs) but I really do believe in the idea that when people are asking you from different places unrelated to do the same thing, that at some point it's good to listen to what people are wanting from you because often people believe in you before you really believe in yourself. So I've um, just sort of been embracing the idea that I would know when it was time to start doing this and I didn't need to worry about when to start. And I just decided yesterday that now is the time to start. So what you're about to listen to is a recording that I created yesterday on March 14th. Today is March 15th. And I created it after having sat in meditation for a considerable amount of time, receiving a lot of guidance for how to be in my body, for how we can be in our bodies in the world right now amongst a lot of uncertainty and change. And uh, I really didn't overthink it. I had a skeleton of notes that I just kind of spoke around. And I'm really happy to share what I shared because it's mostly intuitive um, and uh, what we can call channeled, meaning the idea that uh, I didn't know I was going to I didn't know the wisdom that I share in this episode before I sat down for my meditation. So I received what I then shared. And I I do trust information like that because it's coming from a deep, calm place that we all have access to. So uh, enjoy the episode. Of course, you know the drill. If you like it, I hope you will feel compelled to leave a review or a message of support of some kind. I hope you will like it so that my work can begin to reach people outside my current community. And um, yeah, take care of yourselves. Thank you. This is Britton, and I'm recording on Saturday, March 14th, 2020. And I desire to capture a lot of thoughts and knowings and wisdom that I've been kind of swimming in for a little while here. And I've really called a little space for myself to um, get really still with everything that's been coming forward for me so that I could make sense of and notice like what is a thought feeling that I have that comes from an analytical brain that's affected by like news sources or media or um, my own freakouts and what is information that's deeply nourishing and comes from a calm, still, old place. So this is my effort to capture where I am both for myself and for anyone who likes to listen to my voice and might feel... Uh, interested in slash comforted by slash inspired by anything that I might offer here. There's a lot I want to capture. So the basic outline that I'm working from, and I'm, I have no like words directly planned, but I have a skeleton or a backbone that I want to follow just to help me on track. First off, I want to share like where I am with the current state of um, what we know about coronavirus and 
how I'm responding as a human and share where I am with those feelings and thoughts. I want to talk with you then about the astrology of 2020. You may have heard me talk about it before we were dealing with all of this. So I want to, um, that maybe you haven't heard it. So I want to share the astrology of 2020 vis-a-vis what's going on right now. Think about March, think about what's coming and um, not promise to predict the future, but really to reflect and contextualize what we're seeing externally so that we can get ourselves centered in a place internally that will feel um, most skillful with the energies that are at play right now. And then I want to share with you some information that I received from um, facilitating a past life, a past life visit, a past life, what what would I call that? Past life um, seeing that I facilitated for myself. Um, I got some beautiful wisdom that I never could have made up myself. And finally, I will share with you the tarot medicine that came through when I finished that um, past life reading, deeply locked in to whatever forces hold me lovingly. And I was able to Uh, access some good tarot medicine for us that I think could be really helpful to anyone listening. So thank you for being with me. Um, Let me begin then with why I, where I'm at in this process. So like many people starting on Thursday, the 12th, I had a shift um, in my relationship to the information that was coming in. So before Thursday, I very much had an attitude of um, kind of not really paying attention to anything going on. Um, I really don't watch the news like ever. I never click the news app. I don't get any notifications or updates from news sources. I am never on Facebook, at least as of several months. I... I'm on Instagram and so nobody was really talking about it that much until midweek last week, right? So I started to enter my space a little bit and I began to feel a sensibility of like, I'm not really sure how smart it is to just like presume that I know how to protect myself so my immunity will carry me through whatever madness this is, you know? And I, the people that I really like to follow on Instagram led me to some very soberly written articles with data that make it very clear that the most prudent, responsible Uh, wise and empowering move that we can make for ourselves is to respect containment so that we don't overwhelm our healthcare system and so that we don't pass this infection um, to people who really don't want to be dealing with an overwhelmed hospital um, universe constellation of like very tired doctors and nurses who don't have enough space for people. So, you know, in that moment of realizing, oh my God, this shit is real. For sure. I went into fear. I felt it. I thought I was, I felt like I might vomit. Um, it was not a great feeling. This is Thursday, Thursday evening. I kind of felt like in that moment, Everything that I knew that was the world was changing. And I definitely, in my body system, felt a panic. And my daughter was in the other, in the room with me in another chair. And I just was like, oh my God, I can't freak out in front of my daughter, you know? And um, 
I was very tired because I've been writing so much and really getting low sleep and my allergies have been kicking in. And I uh, was able to get a really good night's sleep. And I've just been taking the, the last few days now, really crystallizing and then coming into a centered, rooted, trusting position that we need to be basically quarantining ourselves, not from a fear-based position, like 100% not fear-based. No, we're doing it because we are seeing in a very clear way that we are all one organism, that we are a rhizometric, deeply connected and webbed world and everything we do really matters. And in deep respect for that, I'm gonna do my part. The responsible thing as my single like cell, me being a single human being, the responsible thing for me to do is to not go be around other people because I don't know what I'm carrying and chances are I would be just fine through all of this, you know, but I don't want to pass on anything to somebody else because I deeply love the organism that is our world, right? So, um, you know, I see a lot on the internet and I receive texts and I talk to family and I talk to people and there's a whole lot of feelings right now, right? Um, and I notice that I'm triggered when I get a vibe that people are just like, let's love and light our way through this. And like, no one, like we're, we're impervious and we can, we're going to do whatever we want because, you know, fear is not going to take hold of us. I feel a little bit of a sacred rage that I'm not ashamed of. It's sacred because to me, that defies love for our fellow uh, beings to um, just ignore the, imp the importance of this call for social distancing. Now, not everyone can do that. This is my privilege, and I'm using my privilege as someone who works from home for herself and whose kids are currently with their dad, but even if I had them, I would do this with them. My job is to not be with people right now, but to be deep and to be deeply caretaking my joys, my interests, my body, my connection to the ground, my connection to nature, with my beloved, with the ideas that I cherish and which stimulate my brain, with all the good things. You know, so it's like I believe that a hermitage of some kind is the best way to think of the quarantine as a hermitage, as truly an opportunity to be in um, communion with ourselves and what we want to learn and what we want to have inspire us and fill our minds in this more solo quiet space. And like the ar archetype of the hermit, the goal is to eventually receive things that you can shine back out into the world. So it's not a time to be on the news all the time is what I'm saying. It is a time to remember and reconnect with what you love. It is a time to notice how much you want to live. It's a time to notice how much you value your health. It's a time to notice how you do love certain people or certain things and how much you want to continue loving those things and showing up for all of that. If you've been wanting time to take that online class, if you've been wanting more time to put in those, put it like stream some yoga classes, now is the time. 
In many ways, we are being gifted a hermitage if we have the privilege to take it so that we can remember certain things about what we want from our lives that will help us redirect love and light back out after this fact, after this period. We have an opportunity to be full-blown Pisces season shedding really bobbing around in the void as we let go of certain ways of being that we may not ever have again and really letting that pass peacefully away so that we can get more clear on identifying much more specifically what it is we are here to love, what it is we are here to learn, you know, what do we want to grow on the other side of this? Who are we going to be on the other side of this? How are we going to be here for each other on the other side of this with this new understanding of how deeply connected we actually are? And what sort of systems and structures do we want in place to nurture us, sustain us, and take care of us moving forward as one human organism. Those are some of the things that I am deeply feeling into right now. Is how to serve that organism with my own unique gifts, knowing and absolutely loving more than anything in the world that every single one of us also has really unique gifts that they're here to give to this human organism. One of the things that I heard in communion with my guides today was the very clear phrasing, fear is not the frequency. Fear is not the frequency. With this Piscean energy still here with us, you know, it's like our um, tentacles are out, our intuitive feeling parts are out in the world, feeling the pain, feeling the sorrow, feeling the fear and the panic, feeling sickness, feeling hospitals, feeling testings. We're feeling all of this stuff. And the more we like let ourselves be out there feeling all that stuff, we can tap very easily into the fear frequency. So it really is a time to safeguard our intuitive abilities that we all have, bring it all in. Okay, Pisces is known for like more weakened immune systems because it's so out there. It's just like picking up on the allergies and picking up on whatever we can get. Okay, so we need to call it in, like call in the energetic body. Don't be out there feeling everything. You can do that from where you are. Bring yourself in. Bring yourself in and create a nice separation between all that noise and where you are, you can still feel deep compassion from this place that's much more safe. So you can be safe, so you can be of service. At the same time, we also need a kind of justice spirit in us right now that says, I can't help, I can't change things to make them better unless I'm willing to look at what's here. So thus, you know, we look at the data, we look at facts as best as we can get them. We are still paying enough attention that we're not oblivious and that we can't be of service when we're in denial or we're in an escape or when we're um, just completely pretending like something's not happening, you know? So we all have to call upon our highest sense of being wise elders, very res- our most responsible selves, 
the selves that have lived many lifetimes and been elders many times who already know what is needed right now and come into that deep place of stillness and protection while also being uh, responsibly informed. So that's where I am with that. Let me speak then about 2020 now from the perspective of March 14th. So if you've been following me a while, you know that I talked a whole lot about 2020 when we were in, you know, the period leading up to 2020 and in January. I framed a lot of this year in the language of um, rewriting um, self-care and the self-critic vis-a-vis like family narratives so that we could restructure the way we do ourselves and so that we can be better caretaking as we learn to like basically release ourselves and let go from um, old structures that don't help us. Like I, I didn't speak a whole lot about the collective because a lot of other people do that really well and I don't need to be everything. <laughs> I like thinking about the individual and how I can help individuals. But, you know, 2020 collectively lines up with years that Richard Tarnas, a really, really smart and scholarly astrologer in his book, Cosmos and Psyche, gives an entire chapter to called Cycles of Crisis and Contraction. Namely, when Saturn and Pluto come together in the sky. And so he writes... Alignments of the Saturn-Pluto cycle coincided with especially challenging historical periods marked by a pervasive quality of intense contraction, eras of international crisis and conflict, empowerment of reactionary forces and totalitarian impulses, organized violence and oppression, and sometimes marked by lasting traumatic effects. An atmosphere of gravity and tension tended to accompany these three to four year periods as did a widespread sense of epochal closure, the end of an era, the end of innocence, the destruction of an earlier mode of life that in retrospect may seem to have been marked by widespread indulgence, decadence, naivete, denial, and inflation. Profound transformation was the dominant theme. The transformation was through contraction, conservative reaction, crisis, and termination. So conjunctions with Saturn and Pluto, meaning when they come together in the sky, which happened in January of this year. So you include like the period before and after it because it's like has a halo effect around it. It included the, the very precisely the beginning of the First World War the beginning of the Cold War and the start of the USSR and the Iron Curtain and everything that happened in that really critical period of years right after World War II. Uh, it was the it had started the Thirty Years' War in sixteen eighteen, ending the same the year that that cycle ended. The eruption and spread of the Black Death um, began during a Pluto and Saturn conjunction. Um, beginning in China, when Pluto and Saturn were precisely opposite each other. Um, September 11th happened at one of those oppositions very precisely. The AIDS epidemic uh, outbreak in the early 80s with the climax of the Cold War and a real neoconservative um, economic system was the last conjunction. And so with this conjunction, it's like we're closing out and dealing with the like breakdown of whatever was at the last one. And we're also looking at the themes that will set the next cycle in motion. Because Saturn is about structures, government, um, walls and borders. 
And then Pluto is about death, power, poison, underground themes, intensity, and transformation eventually. So hence, when they come together or when they have these relationships across from each other, they're notably years where that that intensity revs up again. And he has like a gazillion examples of all this stuff for, you know, over a millennium. Um, He writes... The Saturn-Pluto alignments tended to coincide with the emergence of radical conservatism. The common factor in both tendencies, the radical component in each complex, seems to reflect the characteristic quality and vector given to any complex by the presence of the Pluto archetype. The nature of the Plutonic Dionysian principle is to press towards greater intensity to the extreme to be compelling deep. Radical as radix, root, grounded in the depths, drawing on the power of the underworld, driving whatever it touches to an overwhelming potency that has a compulsive, destructive, even self-destructive potential. So heretofore, I was reading all of this as like really about governments, you know, and like thinking about all of this in terms of my own country the last few years and then seeing it on an individual level how it's been playing out for people in terms of really trying to work with their own inner critic to be better to themselves so that they can restructure their own lives however that might look so that they can be transformed. But another way of going about it is to just be more fearful, more intense, more walled up, more conservative. So we see people in our country kind of being on the one end more conservative and individually on the other end being more compassionate, more empathic, more willing to basically die to who they've been and be reborn as someone who's learned a lot. Of course, I consider myself on the ladder of this, um, but, and I consider everyone I work with to be in the ladder of that, but that's what we're looking at, right? And so then we have this coronavirus situation, which seems to be really revving up speed since Mars has entered the picture in Capricorn. We also have Jupiter in Capricorn now too, which, uh, speaks to like learning, uh, learning centers closing, you know, schools, travel being postponed as travels also Jupiter. Like there's elements of like restructuring and transformation that's happening in Jupiter's realm as well. And of course, Jupiter makes everything bigger. So it's potential that there's potential that Jupiter's presence is magnifying the situation. Like a big thing that I see that's happening right now is also related to the nodes. And I don't want to be too technical with with you. I want to stick to the main idea. But Capricorn is where the south node is. And that's the, a release point, the south node. We've been having this the last couple of years because the Eclipses are wherever the nodes are. So where Saturn and Pluto are, where Jupiter and Mars currently are too, we've also had this south node that's like about shitting out literally the way we do things in that sign energy. And it's been bound up with all of these other planetary energies and what they're about. So there's been this like sense of like, the government's going to die. Everything that we know structurally is dying. Like last gasps of the American dream as we previously had it with a bunch that was already, like we're seeing its toxicity, right? Like that's the Pluto. But with coronavirus now, like in that sense, we see some of the these systemic structural issues of um, nations, you know, like nations that don't share information um, and 
an economic system that withholds information or won't listen to information because it could hurt business. But that's where the South Node is. That's where we are being asked to purge. The North Node is in Cancer, which is the mother, and it's about empathy, and it's about nurturing, and it's about caretaking. You can probably hear all those wonderful birds outside. And what I feel like, it's like, if this is not a time for empathy, I don't know what is, you know? If this is not a time to like really be feeling for how the crises of one part of the world affect all of us, how our plastic bags affect things on this planet, you name it, all the things that we do that we know we shouldn't do, but we lack the empathy in our planet and we lack the empathy for animals and we lack the empathy for other humans that deal with these problems and the consequences of uh, injustice. I feel that coronavirus is uh, really spotlighting this storyline, you know? And with Uranus and Taurus, which is about big time awakenings in terms of food, sustainability, resources, big time awakenings, I feel like coronavirus is very much about the Uranus and Taurus story, which is still playing out. Like a lot of stuff there is not going to begin really playing out for the next couple of years. And I feel that Chiron and Aries is really a part here because Chiron's the healer and Aries is like a lot of like masculine force energy. And I'm really feeling the Chiron call to help us all heal our own masculine within. And I feel like, kind of like a, a macho attitude about coronavirus is not what we need right now, you know? What is moving, coming forward for us now in March is a couple of really important things then. We are about to bridge over into Aries season. Right at the equinox, there's just a whole lot of energy that suggests much more intensity of all of these themes that we've been talking about. So I really do see some key dates for turning points or for peaking points being around the equinox, like around March 19th, 2020, 20 and 21. At that time on the 21st, Saturn is going to move into Aquarius, which is a big deal because Aquarius is all about thinking about progressive frameworks for the future and for humanity. This is really good for us. And then on March 31st, Mars will meet up in Aquarius with Saturn at zero Aquarius, which is a really crucial point because at the end of the year and at the winter solstice, Jupiter and Saturn will come together for the great conjunction at zero Aquarius. So I think that across March, the intensities are just going to increase, but there may be some crucial either peaks or turning points between March 19th and March 31st. And hopefully then there will be a kind of shifting in the story, a shifting in the story so Aquarius will begin to take on a really important role in what has been playing out all in Capricorn for several years now. So for you individually, you can look to your charts to see what you have at zero Aquarius. But for you individually, what I really have for you is the messages that came to me in meditation before I began to press record. So let me think that I gave you all the astrology that I wanted to share. I mean, it really is, as I already was saying, you know, December, January, now is the time to be like allowing some composting to happen in your life. Like, Letting go of some of the ways you do things. Letting go of attachments to ego identities that were never really good for you or for the world. Letting go of 
old structures of self that came from your parents who, as wonderful as they may be, grew up likely under a real, um, real tricky situation under an atomic bomb and a cold war caused by the last um, Pluto-Saturn conjunction or two ago. And so it's our chance to heal them. It's our chance to heal ourselves. It's our chance to heal our children by going ahead and letting ourselves in this quarantine period gently move into a little bit of a chrysalis space to get really clear on what's not coming with us past that equinox. What are we, what are we ready to, to not let come? And this is not painful. It is a truly like shitting out. It is a bleeding out. It is just a letting go that can be gentle and dissolving. And at the same time, you're feeling into what you want to live for and bring into Aries, just like I would have told you at any time, but now it feels really crucial. Imagine that your attitude and your approach to the time we're living in will be crucial to humans on the other side of this. What do you want to do? Who do you want to be right now? We have to remember what we love and what gives us wonder and awe and what we want to live for. There it is. But let's slough some stuff off that we don't need in addition to holding on to that wonder. All right, so now I want to share with you um, about my past life experience. So I'm um, not trying to be cute or like show offy. <laughs> um, I just know how to do that. And I've worked on those skills and been trained. I've never done it on another person. I might be willing to try. But for now, I just know how to do it for myself. And I wasn't planning to do this. All I wanted to do was set up an expanded safe space for myself to go into meditation and to connect with the forces that take care of me and that love me and that I listen to to discover new ways of thinking. Oh, they all just stop singing. Mm. Oh, I love you. There, they're coming back. Oh, um, as I was saying, <laughs> I um, had just gotten to a really deep, great meditative space and realized that I needed to implore upon the timeline of all my lives which life I needed to learn from right now. And so I went into that life and I saw a group of women um, in some kind of meadow and there was like fabrics and quilts and everyone was quilting and there was all these hands, hands of all ages and everyone was working on these quilts and it was outside on sunny day, there's like flowers everywhere, it's beautiful. And I asked to see myself. And so I saw myself in kind of a maiden phase, like someone probably in her 20s, with red hair, pale skin and freckles, N nothing really like what I look like now. Um, but I saw her very clearly and someone that was deeply, deeply happy to be doing whatever we were doing in this beautiful day. And then I asked, why do I need to see this? And the scene shifted into a darker interior space. And I saw myself at a deathbed and it was clear that someone had died. And I kind of just kept letting it play so I could make understand it. And then what I saw was this um, people then coming together to make things and do things 
to uh, do a burial. And then I saw myself and it was like, uh, and then I heard, because I asked, you know, what, why do I need to see this? And I heard, enjoy ritual and ceremony in grief, ritual and ceremony. And then I saw my, I said, what else do I need to know? And I saw myself as an older woman, but her hair kind of the same in braids. And she was with a child that was crying and really upset. And I was helping a child make something with her hands to keep her busy. And then I heard in fear, ritual and ceremony. And, uh, I just started to see all these other images of like food making and um, honorings of different things and uh, making wreaths and um, people together, people sad, people happy, people doing things together through anything that happens. So it felt very clear that ritual and ceremony was the message of this past life for me. And I asked and I heard sing as the birds do. Um, and uh, I just kept pausing to see if more might come and I heard the sweetness of life is in ceremony. So, this message was not just for me because I had asked for something for all of us. And I'm sharing that through whatever comes now in the rest of this year, I've already know this because this is my life is learning how to get better at facilitating ritual and ceremony for myself and other people as as a wackadoodle person who didn't really grow up with any of that but knows in her bones that my ancestors did and that I can remember and that we can remember despite our disconnection Together, we need to forge, we can forge new ritual and new ceremony that is both ancient and future for our joy and our grief and our fear. You can begin now in quarantine by making things with your hands, making things with your children, making things with the people you live with or with anyone that you feel safe being around. That it is through making ritual and ceremony together that we make meaning and we are sustained and we are nourished and we are fed through a whole lot of uncertainty that is what it means to be a human being. I think that we've been lulled into a fantasy that we have control. And now at moments when we feel no control, we have no ritual and ceremony to sustain us. And I say we, meaning everyone, because I know I do, but I don't care. Like, that's great that I know, but I gotta, I wanna help other people. Like, I don't need to just have this by myself. Hmm. So how does that feel? How does that feel to you? Hmm. Okay. Hmm. The final part of this message is going to be the tarot medicine. So I have a new deck. Oh, and I, I, it's, I put the title away. It's the mountain, the mountain, um, 
I'm going to move from my spot just to look it up. Stay with me. The Mountain Dream Tarot. And it's a series of photographic collages from, I believe, the late 70s. They're wonderful. And first off, um, three cards blew out of my hands. And the one I was like secretly hoping for was one of the ones that came out. And the other two are so great. So I decided to roll with them. I mean, I, I, I knew in that moment that I was supposed to roll with them. Then I asked a card to help support us with each of those three. And then I pulled an overall card to support us. So let me just get into it. So the first card that came out of the, that came flying out, the one that I had felt was appropriate as well before it flew out was two of swords. So in the image, a woman is blindfolded, sitting on a bench, and she's crossed her arms in front of her with two swords. It's a position of protection. It's also a position of going in because she's blinded her eyes so that she's like seeing within, seeing within herself. And to me, this card really spoke to the idea of protection and especially protecting ourselves from an intuitive still space, right? So like what I did for the ceremony is very two of swords. I, so that I can think clearly, swords, air, so that I can think clearly, I wanted to create a space for myself, a wide berth to be still and centered in an intuitive space with my eyes closed, calling in information from like a theta wave state of calm to my intuitive center. From, I don't really know, it's mysterious, but I call upon forces that I believe help me. So Two of Swords, I think, is a really great ally for us right now to create a boundary between ourselves and anything that might get into our heads and have us like not really thinking clearly. So that includes family members or people that we live with who are like freaking out or who are super fear-based right now. Like go within, create a space for yourself. Don't give up on your meditation right now. You need it more than ever and get inside. The card that came forward as like medicine to work with the two of swords was the emperor 2020. Two plus two equals four. Four is the emperor. We're in an emperor year. So I really see this card as working in two ways. On the one hand, very clearly, particularly in this mountain dream edition, the emperor here looks like a kind of like menacing but stupid um, patriarchal force. <laughs> like this guy kind of has this look of like, yeah, I'm tough, but like not. <laughs> so um, I actually kind of like, while I like to think of all cards as ourselves and not give them away to other people outside of us, this card really does to me suggest um what are we boundering out in Two of Swords? Some of what we're boundering out is like the um, president of the United States and any systems attached to that buffoonery. Um, and also any kind of toxic media sources or toxic structures that might um, colonize us, right? Like the emperor. At the same time, if we read it from a soul perspective, you know, of the emperor being in, a, in its light guise, like its uh, high vibe guise, as being about taking up more space and building up better structures for yourself so that you can live in sacred purpose and give of yourself out in the world based on your gifts, this is a card that I think 
It's like what can come from hearing yourself is learning how to be uh, here from within, how to tap into your wise elder, because that's what we would really like the emperor to be, right? Is like that super wise person in the clan who everyone's like, what do I do? You know, and, and this person stays steady and they stay rooted and they're calm and they know what we need to do, you know? So we access that wise elder inside of all of us by going within and two of swordsing out like what we really don't need right now. The next card that flipped out when I was shuffling and I decided to roll with was the three of swords, which is an image of a heart being pierced by three swords and kind of hovering above a horizon line. To me, this card just felt really right to speak to like our kind of shattered space right now, like this sense of like wounding of um, expectations of uh, having our heart broken by uh, systems that aren't able to give us the most wise information for containment. Our heart is broken to think about people who don't really have options that are very good for protecting themselves or loved ones or who really can't get sick right now. Our heart is broken thinking about people dying in hallways of hospitals because they're not receiving proper care in some parts of the world and potentially here soon. So yeah, we've got some three of swords energy and you know, I do think it's appropriate to make space for crying, you know, like turn on the music that makes you cry, sit in the bathtub so your kids can't see and just go ahead I mean, you can let your kids see. I'm not saying don't let your kids see you crying, but um, I do try also to, um, they're looking to me to act like I know what, like everything is going to be okay. So that's more the tack I take, but I'm not afraid to let them know that I don't know things or that I'm scared. But anyway, yeah, cry, you know, like after crying, we always think more clearly. So I feel like that's a really great card right now. And the card that came forward to support that was Page of Cups, which shows a man holding a cup with a fish coming out of it. And he's like looking to the fish to give him information. It's very funny in photographic form (laughs) Um, as opposed to illustrative. So the Page of Cups is about tapping into a beginner's mind vis-a-vis um, mysterious information, not animal communication, mystery communication, information um, about our feelings and about our intuitive life that is a little magical. And part of what sustains me through my three of swords feeling right now is letting the birds talk to me, letting the grass talk to me, letting clouds talk to me, letting my guides talk to me, letting tarot cards talk to me, Um, like really being in connection to these magical and mystical parts of self can help us to um, recover a balance through grief, right? And fear. What came forward also out of the flipped cards or the jumping cards was seven of cups, which also feels very perfect for right now because there's like seven cups hovering in the air and this figure is reaching out up towards them and out out of these cups are coming all these different options and it's like reaching a little bit for something out of reach, like an impossible or weird. So seven of cups tends to speak to like, Uh, when we're a little bit overwhelmed by possibilities of things that could happen, when a lot of choices um, or roads or 
options are in front of us that some of them are really a little bit scary. And we're kind of trying to work with, um, whoa, a lot of things could happen here, (laughs) right? I totally feel that, right? Like, oh my God, this could be like the complete collapse collapse of the life as we know it. You know, oh my God, Corona apocalypse, the walking dead is upon us. You know, there's a lot of options, you know, like, wait, what's the death rate? Wait, what? You know, like, oh my God, just there's a lot that the brain is trying to comprehend as possibilities that we're looking at right now. The economic system is going to collapse. Those restaurants are going to go out of business. What if nobody books for me again because they don't have any money to buy readings? You know, there's like all the ways, right? And so the medicine for that that came forward is the Page of Pentacles. So Pentacles is Earth, which is uh, about like, what are we doing here in our bodies on this planet anyway, right? Like, what's the stuff that we do? What do we work with with our hands? What do we work with with our embodied experience to create a material life here? Um, And what is our relationship to the body? What is our relationship to the earth and our work and our money? And so, and pages again are that beginner's mind, that like inquisitive spirit of like, I'm interested in learning about this. Like, I'm going to study this. And so to me, this feels like a way to ground down from like the madness of all of these possibilities that are ruminating in the mind is to ground into like my body, my home, the planet, my garden, my food, my hands. What am I doing? What am I doing? Like recenter to what is my purpose in my body here? And like come back to the questions about like what, what you want to be doing and start doing that right now in your, in your space. And it can help to center anxiety by busying oneself and busying the hands through the kind of like uh, illusion and delusion of so many ways that things could go that we can't know like we can't know there's really no benefit to exploring all those possibilities besides just giving ourselves so much worry and so finally um i asked for an overall card to be of service and i got the two of wands which is a great card about directing your energy So one wand plus two wands. Now we've got one in each hand. This is our creativity wands. This is our passion. It's our zest. It's what we get out of bed to do. Like, it's our fire. It's our animated spirit. Twos are like putting things together, right? One hand and another hand. Here he's got one hand actually holding an orb that suggests that it's all possible. Look at this. How are you going to direct your energy? How are you going to direct your attention? How are you going to direct your spirit and animate your energy through yourself as a passion? And I think that that's really great wisdom right now for like what to do with ourselves, you know? Um, Clarifying this is very Aries. It's like very spring equinox medicine, two of wands. It's like you've been gifted the birth of fire. So now what are you going to do with it? You know? And the question is always like, what is the wand that you're holding? What do you want to put your energy into? What are your passions? Follow those things very specifically. Don't diffuse your energy all over the place. Direct your energy as specifically as possible and channel it. Be powerful with it. Because at some point, like, and even from a place of quarantine, you could be doing this, depending on your job, right? 
but there, what are ways that you can direct your energy now from home that can set you up to really burst onto the scene on the other side of quarantine with whatever situation that we have? Like the goal should be how to get some clarity with this reality situation so that you come out of it like really feeling molded, really feeling transformed in a way so that on the other side of some kind of quarantine, you feel like you've been totally redirected. And here we go, let's do this, you know? Hopefully from a place of bringing in more like big-hearted, wise leadership, hopefully from a place of feeling more tapped into mystery and guidance that comes from who knows, can't really explain it, but it's pretty cool. Hopefully feeling more certain about what your purpose is here in your embodied life so that you can direct that energy really forcefully, specifically, and powerfully towards what you actually really know you care about. So this period can be a composting out process and a letting grow in, which is very Pisces, all equinox medicine. And it's also the medicine of Saturn, Pluto. Um, And this whole 2020 year, we've been building several years up to this composting process. I just didn't know that it would be so destructive and deathly, like in a literal way. But, you know, just to be a Tolkien um, nerd, Frodo complains to, the Hobbit Frodo complains to the wizard Gandalf, like, I, I, I wish I didn't have this job. I wish I didn't have this task. I wish I didn't have this set of realities. And Gandalf says something wonderful like, so do all people who live to see, to see such times. And then he said something like, the question is, what do you choose to do in the time that you've been given? So what are you going to choose to do? I hope that this um, (laughs) multi-section speech (laughs) transmission has helped you think through some things. So we started by talking about fear is not the frequency and why I choose hermitage right now. Then we talked about the astrology, Saturn, Pluto, times of crisis. Then we talked about, um, you know, and I didn't say in that part, but I I see now in my notes the phrasing, allow yourself to witness your contractions, you know, like, your crises, you know, it, what is coming up for you to see is your fear, like a repressed fear or a sense of like, oh my God, I can't live without da, 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 da. Cause that might be the very thing that you're having to compost. And then I talked about a message from my past life about ritual and ceremony being what will sustain us through change. And then I shared the medicine for self-care I want to end with Richard Tarnas's closure of that whole chapter where he talks about what you also see in this period. Um, it is important to call attention here to the profoundly noble dimension of the Saturn-Pluto archetypal gestalt that was evident in many of these phenomena and that was equally expressive of the principles involved. For alignments of Saturn and Pluto regularly seem to coincide with the calling forth, both individually and collectively, of unusually sustained effort and resolution, intense focus and discipline with minimal resources, and exceptional courage and acts of will in the face of extreme danger, hardship, death, and moral darkness. 
the firefighters and police who ascended the World Trade Center towers after the terrorist attacks in 2001 are paradigmatic examples. So too are Churchill and the British when they stood alone against the overwhelming dominance of Nazi Germany in the dark days of 3940. The experience of confronting and perhaps achieving what absolutely must be accomplished in the face of overwhelming, apparently insurmountable obstacles and resistance, as in the virtually inexpressible experience of a mother in hard labor at excruciating stages of the birth process, or Sisyphus's persevering against all hope to push the massive boulder up the mountain, seems to be close to the heart of the Saturn-Pluto archetypal complex. So I am calling on this kind of stern purposefulness, you know, this sense of commitment and discipline in the face of whatever. It's that whole wise elder idea. These conjunctions also make that possible because Saturn is in its light side, the wise elder. And Pluto is about teaching us how powerful we are. And we often, you know, we don't know until we're in crisis, until we're forced to make huge changes in our sense of self. So whatever happens over the course of March and in the coming months and years from this time, I'm calling on that most noble sense of purpose in myself and in all of us. You know, we will need it for any rebuilding that is required. And we saw those things historically after World War II, just like incredible rebuilding after 9-11, incredible rebuilding at ground zero. And like, we are capable of so much that is noble and beautiful. And now is the time to make some private space for yourself to tap that frequency and live in that frequency and let the people in your life be affected by that frequency in your example. I'm wishing you all the best. I'm feeling for you safely within my bubble (laughs) and do not hesitate to reach out if you have any thoughts, questions, points to add to this.